Hey guys, welcome back to Tell Me About It. If you're new around here, hi, I am the host of this show. And if you're not new around here, God, it's so good to see you. I don't know why I feel like I've missed you guys this week. It feels like it's been an extra long time for some reason since I saw you, heard you, smelled you, whatever. But I'm so excited for you to hear today's episode with none other than country pop sensation Kelsey Ballerini. And we'll get there. We will get there. We will get to that. But first, I just have to talk to you guys about something. So the situation that I'm currently dealing with. So I've had a big morning. Turns out last night I slept in syrup. Yes, I slept in syrup. Please, let me just start by saying, for the love of God, do not come for me for the way that I say syrup, okay? I'm not in the mood, and I have about 10 pounds of syrup in my hair, but let me tell you how that happened. So first of all, I smoked weed last night, and sometimes, all the time, when I do that at night, I get ravenously hungry. I am a rabid raccoon in my house. I will eat anything. I will eat stale chips. I will go back into the garbage to find some leftovers from dinner that night. I will go to great lengths. So by the grace of God, I found frozen waffles in my freezer. So I made waffles, ate the waffles, left the syrupy plate without the waffles on my bedside table, right? So long story short, I slept in the syrup. I would imagine the syrup got on the pillow, my hair got on the pillow, and here we are. Anyway, I have this insane, sticky tornado rat's nest on the back of my head. And you might be saying to yourself, you know, a normal person would shower before they recorded this intro. But um, no, not me. I decided to record this intro first because I've just it just goes to show how much I missed you guys. Like, I just wanted to talk to you. So that's another hour's problem. It's none of our business right now. And we're just going to ignore it. Luckily, I am a professional at avoiding my problems. Oh, but it's my birthday tomorrow, which is all kinds of, you know, thrilling. Today is actually my sister's birthday, which is funny. She's four years and a day older than me. And this is really not funny. Our birthdays are nine months after my dad's birthday in March. And this just goes out to all of you in the baby-making industry right now. Please, please, I beg of you to choose a random date to conceive your child. You know, Groundhog's Day is fine. Valentine's Day is even fine. But, like, your dad's birthday for two kids to be born nine months after is, like, Oh, like it truly makes me want to vomit in my mouth. Now I ruined my day just by talking about that. But yeah, as I said, it's my birthday tomorrow. I am 29 motherfucking years old. And last week, I thought 28 was old. Now, what I would give to be 28 again, you know, like 29. I don't know. I I look at 28 and I see youth. I see tight skin. I see two-day hangovers as opposed to what I can imagine are like three or four-day hangovers in my 29th year. When people hear you're 28, they're like, oh, she's, you know, in her 20s still. It's I have a solid place there. But when you're 29, man, the youths, the young people, they look at you and they're like, ooh, you're holding on to this decade for dear life. And I am. I really am. When I was 16 and a dumbass, I would always say, I can't wait to be 30. And I was wrong. Oh, boy, I was I was wrong. I was wrong. I can wait to be 30. I do not want to be 30. I mean, 
I don't know. It's just crazy that my 20s are over, but I hear that your 30s are better, so Jesus take the wheel. All of you who are new here must be like, who is this train wreck that I'm listening to? And guilty as charged. Welcome to the shit show. But I won't waste any more time. Let's get to the good stuff. Let me tell you about Kelsey Ballerini and the incredible conversation that you're about to listen to. If you don't know of her music, go listen immediately, especially her latest album, Subject to Change, which came out in September, and I have been playing ever since. It's so good. That album is unbelievable. I really think Doing My Best might be our new national anthem for this show. Don't you guys notice that with country music, the lyrics are so much more literal? So like when there's an emotion or a feeling or a moment they're trying to describe, it's just so much clearer. Not to say like, Your Love is My Drug by Kesha, don't ask me why that's the first song I thought of, isn't poetic, but there's just something so raw and honest about country music. And my conversation with Kelsey, quite frankly, was no different. She was so honest and vulnerable and real especially about her divorce, which she announced shortly after her album came out. Kelsey and I are the same age. We're both 29. I'm just going to, it's 24 hours from now. We're both 29. But we talked about being 29 through the lens of this divorce. And while I think that there are a lot of people who get divorced when they're 29, I don't think that enough people are talking about it. Because I think that 29 or when you're close to 30, I think a lot of us have been conditioned to think that that's when you're supposed to have your happily ever after. That's when we move to the suburbs and get a white picket fence, if that's your jam. It's when we have our dream career. It's when we are supposed to have it all figured out. I'm doing, quote, bunny ear quotes, whatever they're called. What are those called? Anyway, I'm doing those, but you can't see me. And it can be so terrifying when you find yourself unhappy in a relationship that you thought and was quote-unquote, supposed to last forever. And that can be such a lonely feeling. And I'm so glad that she offered her perspective in real time as she's going through it right this second. So many of you are going to be able to relate to what she said. She really gives a voice to people who have to make this hard decision and who choose to get divorced at this age or at any age. And she spoke in depth about how impossible that decision is to make. But of course, we didn't just talk about the divorce. We talked about our chronic people-pleasing. We talked about female friendships and Kelsey's stance on friendships with other famous people, which has changed in recent years. We talked about the worst moment she's had online and the various types of hate she gets. And we talked about how much being an empath can royally suck sometimes and so, so, so much more. All right. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. I won't waste any more of your time. Here is Kelsey Ballerini. Hello, my friend. How are you? Better now, honestly. Rough start to the morning as I see you had too. I did. Why did you have a rough start? I just was stressed out. Like, I just feel like it's been like a crazy week. Stressed out is like my baseline. And then I'm I'm hungover today, if I'm being so brutally honest with you. So that's the energy I'm coming in with. It's giving stressed and hungover. So this conversation is going to be as honest as any conversation I've maybe ever had. (laughs) It's so true. We're both coming into this completely in a bad space, which is wonderful. But I thought we were going for like hungover chic. So like I wore my hoodie and my leggings did not change. And Kelsey is in this gorgeous turtleneck looking like the elegant woman you are. No, I have a top knot, which they can't see, thank God, but I'm looking, it's giving Miss Trunchable from Matilda. Oh my God, my fave. I'm being very, very intentional about 
my downtime right now. Like I just got off the road for five weeks straight and dude, like I, I, it was, it was for work, but like work for me is so fulfilling. Like I got to put out a record and then tour the record. And then in between that, do like fashion week and all this stuff. So it was so much fun. Um, but I was in such forward motion that right. I just didn't have time to really be sad, you know, or, mm-hmm. or anything. And so now I'm home and I'm, I'm making sure that I don't have a drop-off point. You know what I mean? I'm making sure that I'm like surrounding myself with my, my friends and things that make me feel happy. I'm going to live shows. I'm, I'm out and about, um, just doing things that feel really human and really like light and happy. Yeah. Cause I would imagine that no matter what, when you come off of tour, you're always going to feel some sort of come down because you're getting yeah. all this praise and energy in the crowd and everything. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of change in my life right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's kind of, you know, it's the theme of my record that I just put out and that's kind of ironic. It's also probably cosmically meant to be this way. Um, but I think I'm just kind of welcoming change like I never have and, um, and not fearing it. And yeah, there's always like, even, even if it's a big event, like, you know, the CMAs or obviously like putting out a record or anything like that, even a birthday party, like when there's something I look forward to and then it happens, I always have a dip. And sometimes that dip is one day. And sometimes that dip is a week or a month. Um, but I do, I get really dark after a really light moment. And so I'm, I'm protecting myself as much as I can in this, in this season of like, Oh, I'm not super, super busy and life's changing a lot. So I'm just like, just being really, really kind to myself and really intentional with the time. Yeah. I feel like that's very common for us, very sensitive people or people that are very in touch with our emotions. And I truly thought it was just me, but like, I get the same way. Like after a big happy event, I get this dip. I have depression and stuff, so it could be my chemical imbalance there. It's shitty. It's hard to rebound from. I just think you're an empath, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm an empath. And I think when you feel things so deeply, you have to take the good with the bad, you know? And like, especially when you're kind of running towards something and building something up or something's on a pedestal, um, whether it's a person or an event or whatever, like you feel it so deeply. And so of course you're gonna be depleted after that. Of course you are. So that brings me to my next question, which is you are performing at the CMAs, which is so exciting. You're performing your drunk go home, right? I am. Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. First of all, what's your drink of choice? I just need to know what you get drunk off of. Well, last night I had tequila shots and that's why, that's why my voice sounds like this. Like <laughs> it's gone. It's, it's so good that I don't have to sing today. <laughs> you don't have to sing for me. I'm either tequila or wine. It just depends on the mood, the vibe. But last night, my friend Carly Pierce, who is on your drunk go home, yes, sold out her second night of the Ryman and asked me to come out and sing with her. And so then afterwards, we were like, you know, like the legendary thing about the Ryman is it backs up to Broadway, it backs up to Tootsie's. And I was like in her dressing room, and I was like, look at all these people on the wall, you know, like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and all these people. Like, you know, you know what they did after the show? They walked across the alley and they went to Tootsie's. I was like, you just sold out the freaking Ryman. We're going to Tootsie's. And we did. And it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It's painful. No, it is pain. And especially at our age, you know, we're not, we're not 21 no. anymore. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. No one, t- I mean, I guess everyone does tell you late twenties hit different. Oh my God. Beyond. I can't eat I the same. I can't drink the same. It's like nothing. I can't sleep the same. I don't sleep anymore. Right. Like, 
I used to sleep for a living and now I like cannot sleep to save my life. It's all different. I know. So when you go to these like events, like the CMAs, right? Are you like a very extroverted social person that like gets high off of being around all these other people? Or are you like nervous about that? No, I, I really want to be there because I think there's like this, probably like this middle schooler in me still that like always wants to be invited to the party and is terrified of not being invited to the party because I've also not been invited to the party. And I know how that feels, you know, Yes. So I, I want to be there, but I really struggle with it because I, I, I'm such a chronic freaking people pleaser and everything in me wants everyone there to, to like me and to think I'm killing it. And like, do you like my dress? Did you do like my song that I have out? And it's just like, not all of it's real. You know what I mean? Like country music is known for having this community and that is real. There is this kind of woven family element to country music, but like, we don't all hang out on the weekends, you know? And so you're like walking into this room with your peers or with people that you grew up listening to or people that you have had like weird beef with on the internet. You know what I mean? And then like, you're just there together with cameras on you. Like that's so weird. And I'd be lying to you if I just walked in and felt like the bell of the ball ever. I just, I acknowledge that like I've earned my spot to be there. And I, it's taken me a long time to even be able to feel that and say that out loud. But I also acknowledge that, like, that's not my real life. Right. And so just, like, walking in and being like, this is weird, but I'm really happy to be here. And I'm probably going to lose the award. And I'm just happy to sing. (laughs) No, I love that you say that. Because, like, that's how I would feel going into it. Also, everyone's analyzing your every move. Like, how you interact with certain people and how you look at someone else and how you look yourself. It's like you can't just breathe. Mm -hmm. All these people, like, they might be your friends, but they're not, like, your pajama sweatpants friends. And then you're going through this transitional time and like people are probably asking you about that. So then like all of a sudden you're supposed to be like this glamour queen. And then the second someone brings it up, you're probably like brought down to the ground again. It's weird. It's really weird. When did we start judging how people are healing? No. And also it's like, hasn't anyone ever experienced like a dichotomy of emotions? That's what's so often so prevalent in healing is some days you're okay and you feel like, okay, I made the best decision and I'm going to move on with my life and blah, blah, blah. And then the uh, the next day you might be on the floor crying like a shell of yourself. Like that's just how it goes. And also these people see one dimension of you. I'm healing. Just let me heal. No. So I was listening to doing my best this morning because I needed it so badly. (laughs) Like I love that song, but it made me think just like, first of all, in country music, it's so much more descriptive. You know what I mean? Like you have to be so honest and like each lyric really spells out exactly what you're trying to say, you know? Yeah. And I love in that, like just that we're like chasing perfection and we never achieve it. I resonate with you so much as a people pleaser, you know, because I am chronically that way too. Maybe it's our divorced parents. I don't know what the hell happened to us, but (laughs) you know, it's something. And I just feel like being online is so fucking difficult. Like I have this podcast, right? And I'll put clips on there at times, but like social media is not like my number one thing by any means. But the other day I put a clip on TikTok. I got eaten alive. Like I truly, like people went bananas at me. About what? I was talking about Botox, which was probably stupid, but I was like, I get Botox, but people were very unhappy that I get Botox. And it's, I do, I do too. So if you go 29. down, I'm going down too. We're doing our best, you know? We're yeah. just doing our fucking best at 29. We, we, gravity is not in our favor anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I got eaten alive. But I just wonder, like, and I, I was chicken shit. Tell me, like, in your opinion, does it fucking get any easier? Um, the scrutiny. It just comes down to how you handle it, like, personally. Like, it's not, it's obviously not going to change. Like, the internet's going to continue to be more and more horrendous. And people right. are going to continue to have more and more polarizing opinions. Um, and I just don't ever see that changing. I just think it's up to us on like what we let in and then how, like how we handle it. And it's like such, it's like such a process and it's such a process that I'm experiencing right now. And I, I think at the end of the day, and it goes along really well with doing my best. Cause it's like, like, when did we forget that we're people? When right. do we forget that we're human beings and all of a sudden we all have a platform and all of a sudden we're just what supposed to be everything to everyone and palatable for everyone. Like it's just not going to happen. And so, and, and for people like us, like, are you, do you know your Enneagram? Are you a nine? Yeah. I know I'm an eight. Ooh. Okay. But an okay. eight with a nine. So I'm a bear, you know, I'm okay. eight with a, a nine rising or whatever that, that, you know what I mean? When you're a combo, I'm yes. an eight with a nine. Yeah. So nine is a peacemaker. I'm a peacemaker. And I also think it's because I have divorced parents. But yes, I think now that I've rewritten that narrative where instead of keeping the peace with everyone else, regardless of how it makes me feel, now I am keeping the peace with myself. And if I'm honoring that mm -hmm. and I'm being and I'm and I'm showing myself on the on whatever platform it is in a way that feels authentic to me, like that's all I'm in control of. And if right. people don't like it, they don't have to follow me. They don't have to listen to my music. And that's like, it's taken me such a long time to get there, but that's just how I feel now. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm just doing my best. I'm showing up as I am, you know? Yeah. And like, when did that stop being good enough for right. people? And that's why I love the title of your album, Subject to Change, because you and I are, and like it, people in their late 20s, we're at this point where like, we realize how much we change every year, especially in your 20s when it's so formative and you're learning all this shit and we're rounding this corner now, or a lot of us are, especially if you're in therapy or you're like doing all this, you know, self-work, you come to peace and it wavers. Like one day you feel good about yourself, the next day you don't. But we kind yes. of are starting more than any point in our life to feel okay with like our deficits. But just being a public figure, like, do you remember the worst time that people have come for you on the internet? Well, the worst is right now, but the first was, I'll never forget this. I was singing dibs on a early morning talk show. Mm -hmm. And so what, I was 22, maybe. I've always really struggled with my relationship with my body and have, you know, been in recovery for eating disorders and all that. And, um, and I was newly like on TV and newly seeing myself you know, in pictures and more and that kind of stuff and very vulnerable. And I remember I was singing dibs and I had on these short, tight, hot pink shorts. And, um, I finished the show and I was so excited. And then I went to Sarah Beth's in New York for breakfast mm -hmm. and I was like on Twitter, which I don't have anymore, but at the time I was scrolling Twitter to see like if people liked the song and someone wrote an article and it said, ballerini debuts baby bump. And it triggered like everything in me in the healing that I hadn't done really yet. That uh, like the way that made me feel, I'll like, I'll just never forget it. It was like, it was like trauma. That, that was the first time I remember really 
being like taken aback. Um, and then, you know, like something happened a couple years ago, which is why I got off Twitter. <laughs> um, Fuck Twitter. Fuck that, Twitter. That was pretty brutal. That was pretty brutal. And then, you know, right now people are just like, I, you know, I just think people are just looking for a narrative on why things didn't work. And that's been hard too. I'm a 29 year old woman who got married really young to a, to a person that I was so deeply in love with, by the way, like, and I have to honor that, um, even through the mess of it right now, you know? And I just don't think there's a lot of stories of just women at any age, but especially in your twenties, just going, you're a good person. I'm a good person. And I choose me. And so I think that's confusing to people. Honestly, that's so much of the reason why I wanted to talk to you, because I just think it's revolutionary and going to set so many women free. Like there are so many people I know that are our age that are trapped in this, like, I'm almost 30. I'm supposed to have it all figured out by that deadline where we all turn into a pumpkin again. You know what I mean? Like there's all this narrative around that. So I really want to focus on that in a second. But I want to go back to something you said about your first comment when they she said, Kelsey Ballerini debuts a baby bump or whatever. And that resonates with me so much because so much of the Botox conversation was that people were coming for me about was about my looks. And whether you've struggled with eating disorders or not, it's almost embarrassing how quickly that like gets to your jugular like you're just like oh my god you're destroyed if someone talks about your looks because like we look at ourselves in the mirror and like I have my own version of dysmorphia for sure and you can't ask someone else like at least if someone attacks your character you can say to a friend am I really like this and they might lie to you and that's wonderful whatever but about the way you look like you have no one to check you you just have you and yourself in the mirror and that can be a really scary place Yeah. And also it's just like, you're so right. It, it is the jugular because everyone has insecurities about how they look. Yes. Like, I don't think there's anyone that just walks in a room and thinks they're hot shit all the time. And if you do, you're a sociopath. If you do call us because we'd (laughs) like to know. But no, I, I, I just think also like the people that tear apart a, a woman that tears apart another woman's looks is a wildly insecure woman. 100%. And you have to just like remind yourself that, you know? Right. So your eating disorder started years before you got famous, right? Yeah. And then you start recovery when you were 18? Yeah. I struggled with it through really my parents' divorce. It was Mm -hmm. kind of the catalyst of it. And I think... When did they get divorced? Like how old were you? I was 12, but it lasted like two years and it was pretty pretty messy and heavy and I'm an only child. Right. Um, and so I think it was a sense of control for me. And I've talked to a lot of people that have experienced a similar path and it's very common that that's kind of something that people cling to where, where it's like everything else in my life feels out of control, but I can control what I put in my body. I can control how I look. And then also I think there for me, and I don't want to speak for anyone and also trigger warning. Um, but I, I think there was also an element for me that was like, Hey, you're not noticing this. I need you to look at me. I need you to look at me. Something's wrong and you're not noticing, you know? It's like a cry for help. No, that is so real. I just got the chills as you said that. Because like as a child of divorce, I know that because every divorce is different. And it's not that our parents necessarily... 
it's maybe too harsh to say they get selfish, but because they're in their own hell and having to start their lives over, yeah. it is a little bit of this thing where you get lost in the sauce, you know, you're yeah. like, and you're like, hello, like, please, for the love of God. Like, I remember just throwing fits and just being yes. like, please, like, pay attention to me. And like, it is a cry for help in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, I was like, I was such a bitch to my parents and they were going through it. And I, too. especially going through divorce now, I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine going through that with a kid, like, you know, and so I have such a different perspective now. And like, I have two wonderful parents. Like I'm right. so blessed. Um, but yeah, no, that's, you, ha- you cannot go through this and not be selfish. No, you can't. You can't. In fact, you should be, you know, but it sucks when yeah. you have a kid on the other side. So tell me this, cause this is something that I feel so strongly. And I wonder if it's consistent with a lot of people with divorced parents. Did you feel more pressure to stay married because your parents had gotten divorced? Like, was there a vow you made to yourself that like, I will never do that? Big time, big time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's been interesting because I wanted to rewrite my parents' narrative by getting married. Right. And then I wanted, and, and, and right now in this current state, I'm wanting to rewrite my parents' narrative by getting divorced. Yeah. You know? Yes. And it's a lot of pressure on you and the way that you handle it, like just self-inflicted pressure too. Because it's like you want to handle it perfectly, especially you and I as perfectionists, people pleasers, all that good stuff. And it's an impossible thing to go through in not a messy way. It's the first time – like, I know, I know that that season of my life, like, it gave me music, it gave me songwriting, I think it gave me a lot of character. Mm-hmm. But I, if I'm being honest with myself, I think this is the first time that I am really grateful for it. I would be handling it really differently if I didn't have the experience of my parents' divorce. And I think I'm handling it with a lot more grace and a lot more respect for myself in 10 years. Yeah. Because again, back to that and, the and of two emotions, it's one of those things that may have hurt you really badly at the time, but it's also, you know, in simple ways, like it gave us a sense of humor to an extent. Totally. And it's hard because even like when I think of having kids one day, I'm like, how do I fuck them up in the right way, in the right, you know, the right flavor? Because if people like haven't gone through anything like that, it's different. It's just different, you know? Mm -hmm. So I want to go into the into the divorce more and just like how you've gone on tour and handled all of that. But I want to stop quickly at friendships because you're Ugh. an only child, right? Fucking friendships. I mean, Jesus Christ. You're an only child and you always wanted a sister, I read. And so female friendships are a tough thing to navigate for anyone, whether you're in the public eye or not. I've had 17,000 friendship breakups in my 20s. I'm not necessarily <laughs> proud of it, but I am proud of it because you need to get like, it is also a sign of growth sometimes. You realize mm-hmm. that someone no longer fits mm-hmm. into your life the way they did. Tell me about friendship breakups from the public eye. Mm. You're so right. I think it's because I don't have a sister and I've always wanted a sister that my friendships are family to me. Mm-hmm. And I have like my, my close, close circle of, of girlfriends. Most of them I've known since I was a kid, like from Knoxville and they've just walked life with me wow. and I've walked life with them. I have a couple newer friends that know me like only in my artist time, but know me as a human first, you know? I don't have a lot of friends. And I think that that was something that I had to learn. Like I always, again, I want to be invited to the party. And so when you, 
when you have that like deep rooted insecurity in you, you, you want to be everyone's friends. And, um, I think it's been in the last couple of years of my twenties where I'm like, no, 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 less, less is more. And as far as like public friendship breakups, um, I just, you know, you know, one thing that is kind of just like cringy to say out loud, but it's just the truth is when I was first starting out, I wanted to be famous. Right. I wanted to be in the room with totally famous people in a photograph, getting their numbers and then like being their friend. That is a weird, weird element of. No, that's so real. It's so real. And it's so gross to say, but it's just true. I was like, I was trying to get into parties and I was trying to be best friends with everyone. And when you do that, like the only thing that you're really relating to is surface level stuff. And then like that fades out, you know, right. As people like move through their careers. And so I've had a couple of really close artist friends in different seasons of my life and career. And, um, I have less artist friends than I ever, ever have in my life right now. And that's certainly on purpose, but like Carly Pierce is like another country artist. We're like, we've known each other for 10 years. We're going through the same thing. Like no one knows what you're going through. Like someone who's literally in the same career as you navigating the same bullshit. So I'm really close with her. And then I'm really, really close with Fletcher and she's in the pop space. And so like, that's really interesting to like compare and contrast notes on like different genres, but like the same bullshit. And like, as a, you know, as someone in their late twenties being like, I'm exhausted, but I'm also so lucky. And like, how did you deal with this? Like, what, what do you think about this? It's really important to have those friendships, but you don't need a lot of them. And they're also just not for camera. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like Carly and I sang a song on stage last night and they got absolutely hammered for no one other than just like her and I, you know what I mean? And like, it's the same with Carrie. It's like, we're friends, like we're friends. And then like, we'll pop up at each other's shows and we'll be artists for a second. And, but it's not about it's not about being photographed at a cool party together. And I really had to check myself on that. Yeah. No, I, th- I feel like that would be hard to distinguish earlier in your 20s, probably, because you're just like, I want to be friends with everyone. You're moving so quickly. But now, especially what you're going through in your life, you're probably like, I need these actual, actual friendships where like, I can call you crying. It's exhausting. Like friendships are hard, even if they're the best friendships in the world. So it's like to have anything that's other than real, it's like too taxing. But I just imagine that like, you're going through a breakup now and people are invested in it. But oftentimes people feel like their friendship breakups are as difficult as some of their romantic breakups, you know, and having Mm -hmm. people that comment on them and like are constantly dissecting every line in your music to see if you're slighting her or all of that. Like I would imagine that would get so awkward and exhausting. And then you have to like see these people in public. Like, is that terrible? Yeah. I mean, I'm also, I think because of, where I'm at in my life and what I'm experiencing right now. Like I'm, I'm team, no new friends, like yes. <laughs> no new friends. Um, and I'm also shedding a lot of, of friendships that no longer serve me. And I no longer serve them. Like you said earlier, like, I think that's such a sign of growth and such a sign of learning boundaries and learning. It's also just, it's not all about you. It's like, you have to look at the people in your life and go, Oh, I'm not good for you either. You know, like this is not healthy. And yeah, sometimes those are public public things and sometimes they're not. So as you've had these friendship breakups, you're no stranger to smiling through the pain. You know what I mean? Like having on one hand these terribly 
painful experiences, but then having to turn around and perform, right? So I loved something that you said that really stuck out to me was, I play Chicago. I get a call that I have to move all my personal stuff out of my house. I red-eye to Nashville on my one day off. I pack up my house. I fly to Denver. I play a show and no one knows. So was that recently? Yeah. Yeah. That was towards the end of my tour. Mm -hmm. You know, it's two things can be true. And Mm -hmm. I have been like, I've just felt like the last five weeks have been a rocket ship and it's been filled with like this album and this new music has been met with so much love and like well welcomed like I've never really felt before. It's amazing. I just need to sidebar that it is so fucking good. It's so good. I love it so much. Okay. Sorry. I just had to say. I'm so proud of it, you know, and like you should be. putting it out has just, it's been, I've felt joy. Like I have felt big, big, big joy and doing the tour I felt connectedness and I have just like it's been it's been awesome at the same time like divorce is a bitch like it's it's hard so yeah I think I think two things are true and I think when I'm on stage I'm trying to honor the joy part of it I'm trying to honor like this music that I put out that I'm so proud of that I've worked on so hard and the people that are there that want to be there to like experience it with me and together So I think like a lot of us who are in relationships go through relationship anxiety to an extent, right? You're you're constantly, whether you're married or not, you're like, is this person right for me? Like, am I good with this being forever? Am I good with him never doing the dishes ever in my life, you know, for the rest of my life or whatever those stupid things are? How did you know that it wasn't relationship anxiety or negative intrusive voices in your head and that it was actually like your heart speaking? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I'm really like intuitive and in tune with myself and like my gut and my heart. And I think for a while, you're right. It was kind of like, okay, this is just a new phase of a relationship because relationships go through seasons. Right. And like, it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. Like that's just not it. And I, and I think for a long time, I, I was like, oh, this is just the the glitter wears off. That's what happens, you know? And then you just, you get into a phase where you just, you wait for, you wait for it to come back. And then, you know, and then sometimes it doesn't, but at the end of the day, it is such a disservice and a dishonoring of yourself. If you know something is not right and you stay, but your life is so loud. You know, you have so much going on all the time. (laughs) I think when people hear about couples counseling, then they hear about a couple getting divorced. They're like, oh, it didn't work. But oftentimes that is actually couples counseling working, you know, Mm. but like because you realize that like this was this isn't the relationship for both of you. And I think what's so hard is having to break your own heart and someone else's in the process Mm -hmm. of saving yourself, because there is that and, you know, of feelings where you're like, I hate that I'm doing this but I need to. And that must be hard to reconcile. You know, it's interesting because even what you're saying about couples therapy and if, if that ends up not leading to Mm -hmm. staying in the relationship, it's a failure. It's like, even that just shows how much shame is around divorce. Yes. And that is the one thing that I just refuse to feel. I just refuse to feel it. I like judge me for it. Fine. That's on you. When you posted on your TikTok, 
you know, this is my last weekend of being able to like fully grieve or like you were in the bathtub listening to the song, you know, I felt for you because I was like, God, you have to kind of compartmentalize your life like that. Like you have to be like, and I got to go on tour and I have to work. And so this is my last sad weekend, my last cathartic sad weekend. But I'm just curious, what was that first night like? How do you cope with something like that? First night of tour or first night alone? Alone. I haven't had a night alone. Mm-hmm. Is that something you're afraid of? It's just like my friend who's like my sister. I've known her since she was 13 and I was 15. She moved in with me. Oh, good. Um, and then, you know, I'm like on a tour bus with like my road family and my band. And to every show, like someone came out to every show, whether it was my mom or my dad or my friends. Like I've just, I've, I've had like my, my people really like rally for me and I'm not ready to be alone yet. And I don't, I don't yeah. think that I'm avoiding anything. Cause I'm definitely like in my feels. Cause I, I really want to heal properly and I want to heal, but yeah, I just don't, I don't think it's, I don't think that's what I need right now. Totally. No, I'm, I'm so with you. I feel like, you know, yourself, you're like, you said, you're in touch with your intuition. And like, if you need people around you right now, then you need people around you right now. And there's going to be a yeah. season for all of that other stuff for sure. So totally. I want to talk to you about this next chapter because I'm so excited for you. I just feel like this album was just a good omen as far as like what this next decade or whatever of your life will be. I'm sure there'll be hiccups and everything, but I'm excited for you because I just feel like making a decision like that, like one that's the hardest thing in the world is the pendulum swings both ways. And right now, if you're over here, you're going to be over here like in no time. And I just wonder... What does showing up for yourself now mean? Mm. There is a line not to not to quote myself. Quote yourself, baby. Quote yourself. There's there's a line in the first track of the record called Subject to Change that says the right and the hard thing are sometimes the same. Mm. And it's just simply true. I think it's really easy to see a burning building and run away from it but like what if you can run towards it and like save yourself yes you know and so I think I've spent a lot of my life really like nervous and anxious and scared of things that a aren't in my control change obviously and and b things that like will make people will polarize people and I think I'm just learning how to let that go and all we have is this moment. Right. And like we are living, breathing people on this rock in space, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yes. if you're not like, if you're not enjoying that, like, and if you're not finding magic in that, like you're doing something wrong. And I just, I don't know. I, I just, maybe it's, maybe it's getting older and like, maybe it's just, Maybe it's getting more successful. I don't know what it's been, but like, I just, I really feel like I've woken up the last couple of years Um, and it's scary, but it's rewarding. And also things have happened along the way that remind me that I'm on the right path. And like, you believe in that kind of stuff, which I I so do. do. Me too. And like, that's how you know you're like, like God and the universe or whatever you believe in is like, keep going. You're on the right path. Let me reward you. Like, here's. Like, here's a, here's a breadcrumb, you know? Totally. And you need that so badly right now when you're jumping off a cliff into the abyss, just a little nugget to show you that like, this is all going to be okay. It's like, 
So just in closing, can you tell me, you just came off tour, what was your favorite song to perform? And this probably changes. It's probably like choosing a child, but like, what's it today? It It is like choosing a child. I, this is not my favorite song on the record, but my favorite song every night was what I have. Cause it was the only moment that was just me, my guitar and like crowd. So mm-hmm. it was, it kind of changed every night. And it was also the moment that like, there were no other distractions for me. Like I didn't have the band in my ears. There weren't like big production light moments happening. And so it was the closest I was to like reading people's signs and like, you know, like seeing them. And it was also just the night like the song where I got to take inventory every night where I was mm-hmm. like, okay, breathe. Two things are true. I might walk off this stage to the world ending and I probably am, but, um, but right now I'm in this room with these couple thousand of people that, listen to the record and know good and well what's going on in my life. And they still showed up and like take inventory. Like this matters. Let this be a part of the healing, you know? Yes. And I, that for me every night was like, it's really special. Yeah. Like what an incredible thing to be going through this feeling alone in a sense, even if you're not alone at all. And then having that moment in that song where like the lights are on and you can kind of take account of all these people that are showing up for you in the season yeah. that you're showing up for yourself. Yeah. Like that's so beautiful. I saw that they had signs that said like you have us or something. Yes. Was that in that song? Yes, it was. And oh. I, that was during the Atlanta show. And I, <laughs> I think I was just an emotional capacity because any other day that would have just wrecked me in a way right. that like I, I could not have recovered. Right. I, and I didn't even cry because I think so much was going on that I was just like, I'm, I can't process this yet, but yes. yeah. And I, I think you, you attract what you give. And like, I have always in my music tried to be inclusive and I've tried to be honest and I've tried to be open and a place for like confidence and a place for healing and vulnerability. And I think because of that, like, those are the kind of people that come to m- my shows are people that want all those same things. And yes. so it's safe. It felt safe. Like when you had your fly down the other week, they, you know, they'd let you, <laughs> let you know. I just, I was like, that was amazing. I just have to say <laughs> that was incredible because also like, it just made me think, oh my God, I'd be so embarrassed. But then I was like, why are we embarrassed about our fly being down? Like I we don't see anything. You know what I mean? It's very bizarre. You're so right. I know. I think the the cringy part about that was I was really into it. Like in the videos, I'm like, I'm feeling myself for the first time in a long, I'm like, I'm like dancing. I'm whipping my hair. It's like a whole thing. And I think that they're screaming because they like the song. No, 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 no. Cringy, cringy, cringy. <laughs> the universe has a beautiful way of just humbling our asses. You know? Oh God. Daily. Right? Like, I feel like some of us are just like, whomever is up there that's ruling my life truly doesn't let me. The second my head starts to get a little big, they're like, boom, I'm going to humiliate you. Do you feel like that? Consistently, daily, which is <laughs> which is why that I, I've learned having a sense of humor is the most important part of life. You have to. You Bella. have to. Seriously. So I am obsessed with you. You're incredible. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Same. I'm so grateful. This was so easy and fun. Like, I just felt like I was just sitting here alone with you. So I can't thank you enough. No, thank you. Thank you for letting me, you know, just be like honest about this process. I haven't really had a lot of opportunities where I felt like I could be a bit more sherry about like what's actually going on. So bye y'all. Thank you. Bye.